Want to experience Christ United like never before? Download our app today. You can watch live and previous messages, take sermon notes, get calendar updates, find giving options, and more. Just go to your app store and search Christ United. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on our church, check out ChristIsLove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at ChristUnitedMB. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Good morning, Christ United. If God's been good to you, give Him what He deserves. I'm Jeff, lead pastor here at Christ United. This is Colin Stevens, uh, um, owner of uh, Manzer Academy, a basketball academy, awesome brother of mine. He's my C-group bud. We've been in C-group together for like, what, five years? I mean, yeah. all, all, way, way back. Feels right? like 20. Way back when he had here and everything. Yeah, it's awesome. So, so anyway, what we're going to do today is we go into his word. We're going to do it the same way we've done it for years, just diving in together. Um, we start when we're doing a C group, the first thing we do is share about where we are in our lives. And so we'll ask the question, you know, like what's been your greatest challenge or, or sin or temptation? And then what's been your greatest victory, you know, or what, whatever you've seen God at work? And so why don't you share that? Like, you know, where have you been, man? And, and yeah, so what? welcome to our C group. Yeah. Normally yeah. it's just like two or three of us, but um, a little more today. There uh, you go. So I would say... Um, greatest challenge or struggle would be as of late it's like just hard to been to to be plugged in like we probably over the past six weeks we've been to church twice um don't kick me out of c group for that i've 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 missed i've missed c group the kids have been sick it's just been a funky flow and it's just it's been hard to be plugged in so that's that you know and i'm feeling a little drained because of that um but I would say a, a praise would be is just, you know, with, with the ups and downs of how life has been, like my, my, my wife has been a rock. She's kept our family together really strong and helped us move forward in a, a good, positive way. So she's been, she's been delightful in it. So Go, Laura. Um, yep. Woo-hoo. That's awesome. <laughs> how about yeah. you? Yeah, that's, a, well, well, for me, um, the challenge, I've, I've just been going through a tough time, man, just like riding down the road feeling just anger and discouragement and I, did, I don't know I was just really had a tough time and um and then I, I had an experience with a brother that I love so much and 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 I was talking with him and he had been close to the Lord serving him loving him doing everything uh that he had in his heart to do and then he started he was a little older like me and he started working out and getting you know where he's buff and everything before you know it he started getting interested in younger women and and he had left his wife and so for the last two years he's been just in an open adulterous relationship mm. and unrepentant in that and has backed away from fellowship and everything else it's just so discouraging to see somebody i love to see him you know really where there's no evidence of of any relationship with christ and, and where he is and and so I, I i asked him i said how are you doing man like spiritually tell me how you're doing and, and he kind of laughed and he said oh, oh oh you and i see that differently uh he said um i you see i know i'm saved and uh, and so it really concerned me because it was like what he was saying. I know I'm saved, and yet I'm not living. I'm in, I'm living in open, unconfessed, unrepentant adultery against God and against others for for a long period of time. There is no fruit in my life, but I know I'm saved, and and so it bothered me. It, it tr- troubled my heart. But but anyway, on victory on the other side, as y'all had this this wonderful experience, both of these literally happened in this this last week or two, and um, you just. 
yesterday, day before yesterday, I got a call from somebody who is a woman who is going through some health struggles and has a daughter with health struggles, and she, no fault of her own, hardworking lady, is, finds herself without a home to live in and without groceries. And, and so she said, I heard that, we, you know, we should call Christ United and you, you might be able to help. And, and so I said, you know, who shared that with you? And she named the person who shared it with her. And so I called that person uh, in our church. And it was the most encouraging thing, man, because this lady I called, she and her husband are part of this church, and they have six children. Um, they both are really hard workers. She works two jobs, and, and yet they have this friend who's in need, and they had put her in a hotel. She had called me from the hotel out of their own resources, and they don't have any expendable resources. You know what I'm saying? I mean, any, any extra. And they had put her in a hotel for a couple of days, and she was saying, and we knew something needed to go beyond that, and we're out of money, and there's nothing we can do. And she said, I get off my second job tonight, and I'm going to go by and take them some food, but we just wanted there to be somebody to step in the gap for them. And I thought, man, how beautiful. And she said, you know, my daughter and I went on the NISOM trip, which is our, our uh, ministry to homeless people in New York City. We joined them at NISOM, and she and her daughter had been on that trip. And she said, here I was with my daughter in New York feeding homeless people. And she said, how can I let a friend hear? You know, she said, my heart just wouldn't let me see her in need and not do something about it. So, so that, anyway, that was just like, ah, you know, I'm like, that is real, you know, like right. real and cool. So, right. so some highs and some lows, you know. Yeah. 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 And so typically as we go through our C group, the next thing that we would do is we'd talk about our, un, uh, not really talk about our unconnected friends, but we'd name, <laughs> we'd name them and we'd pray for them and lift them up. We're trying to, you know, we don't gossip about Honestly, them, you know, honestly like but when we talk right. about our unconnected friends, honestly, it's in such a way that if they were sitting there, that, that they would feel loved and, and cared about. Right. As a matter of fact, I asked my friend if I could share his story, the one I just talked about. Um, uh, I said, is it okay for me to share that? So, so we, we, but anyway, so yeah. So what do we do next? Man? So, and, and well, then we get into the word, but before we get into the word, what I want you guys to know too, is that I've been in a C group with Jeff for a while and a couple of awesome other brothers. Um, but I also have another secret. It's probably pretty rare to be in a C group with a pastor. So I'm very thankful for that. But I also have a couple of other, uh, friends of mine, um, Kevin and Chris and, we have become so close because of the C group that we have. And it's two other guys who, um, they have young kids, like I have young kids. Um, they are in the same stage of life together that we can walk through life together. And so for some of you guys, like, I know you're like, ah, C group, I've heard about it. And you guys say it almost every week. And what is that about? Like, I just encourage you and I implore you, my wife is in a C group and it's, cha- it's helped our marriage. Like it's, it's just walking through life once, once a week. I implore you, encourage you, yeah. get with a couple of, a couple of coworkers and, and start to plug in and share life with somebody. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really fun. And that was his idea, not mine, right? Yeah, I mean, that was, that was cool. Because now look, when we get into his word, we just simply do this. One person will pray. Somebody else will read. Somebody else will just pray for God to bless the discussion. So, so I'll pray. Um, God, we just ask that for all of us here that you're going to open up your word today from, from uh, James and, and just speak to us, God. Speak to us. Open our ears and our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're in James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, 
but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Awesome. Lord, we just just pray that you would, God, open up our eyes and our minds and our hearts, but as we speak, speak through us, speak to us, let us get to exactly what you want today uh, for all of us in this room, in Jesus, and all those who are online or anywhere else listening, God, we want to hear what you have to say. So God us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And I just want you to give you lay this foundation of what is faith and what does it mean to be saved. We're, we're told this in, in, that, in that book. And I don't think it's on the screen. Check it out. Verses 8 and 9 are up there. That's awesome. We'll get to verses 8 and 9 in a minute. But he says this. He says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. He says, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature or our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath or deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might display the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And then he says this that you already see there, I believe. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, this is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And then he says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Most people don't even know you need to be saved because you think you're physically okay. But what you don't realize is this, is this physical body is destined to death. You are mortal. You're gonna, your body is ultimately worm food. And, and we, according to this passage are spiritually dead because what we were really created for was a love relationship with the God who created us and love relationships with other people. And that relationship is what brings life and makes us spiritually alive. But he said, we are literally spiritually dead. But what we do is we focus on feeding our flesh. You know what I'm saying? I want to be really alive, so I work out and I eat right, and I, or I pr- pursue all the fun I can have, and I want to desire my desires met. So we we try to be fully alive physically, but we are spiritually dead. But here's the problem: our physical bodies were not meant to last forever, but our spiritual 
body, our, who we are in our spirits was created to be forever in relationship with God. So if I am spiritually dead and I physically die, I am forever spiritually dead. And spiritually dead doesn't mean you cease to exist. Spiritually dead means I'm separated from everything good. You know what spiritual death is like every time you feel anxiety, fear, shame, hatred, all that horrible stuff that keeps you up at night sometimes, all that stuff that plagues your mind that you can't get shaken, that is the result of spiritual death. And if you and I remain spiritually dead... If we have never come to life in Christ and allow Him to start bringing us into love relationship with God, Jesus paid the price so we could be saved from that death and brought to life in Christ so that we live in relationship with Him. If we have not come to life spiritually, when we physically die, we, are, we have an eternity to face of nothing but anxiety and fear and hatred and pain and agony, weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's our eternity. So guys, we need to be saved. But he says that comes through faith. That means that he's saying, I want to offer you a love relationship through my son. I've paid the price for all your sins because he sacrificed his life for you. And I've asked by, your, by his Holy Spirit, he's saying, I've asked to come into your life and begin a relationship with you that's forever. Now, that's so important. So here's the deal. If a person claims to have faith that saves them, what they're saying is, is I have a relationship with God that has given me spiritual life. I am spiritually alive. We aren't in need of rescue like somebody who's on a rooftop waiting for a boat to come by and get them off in a flood. We are dead. We need to be resuscitated. I, I'm a card-carrying CPR guy. You know, that's cool. We got the training here. I, I can do that thing. But first thing you do is check for signs of life. And, and you look, are they breathing? Are they, you know, do you feel a pulse? Is there anything? But when somebody is not showing any signs of life, they are in need of being saved. You have to bring life into them. That's what we need from Jesus. Hmm. Now, with that in mind, he says, you know, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have this faith, I have a faith-love relationship with God. I trust in, cling to, and rely on Him. If they claim to have faith, but they have no deeds, he says, can such faith save them? Can it really give me spiritual life? And the implication is absolutely not. So then he goes on and he says, uh, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by actions, is dead. So, so what are your insights and thoughts on that? Well, you didn't need a Bible. That's one thing. I, I, you, you went right through that. <laughs> but I would say, you know, like, to me, it's, it's if, if we're claiming our faith, then our actions have to be evidence of that. So, like, real world, you know, I tell my wife, I promise a lot of things sometimes. And when I don't follow up with those promises, my words are dead, right? There's no, there's no life in those. And thankfully, I'm doing that less than I did before, right? That's, yeah, that's no the problem, plan. Right. But it's, it's do, does, does our, do our words match up with our actions? Does our belief match up with our actions? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, so now, now here's the thing, is that if there's no outward evidence of that, of that this more than just words, then there really isn't anything there. So if somebody were to, if, if I were to do, you know, mouth to mouth on somebody and there's no signs of life, they're still dead. 
And he's saying, no matter what you claim, if there are no signs of spiritual life in you, then you are still physically dead. And it's just like saying, I love someone, but not have any actions. You really don't love them, right? Right. And so, so then he goes on and says, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there's one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think... You know, I know several people who say, I believe in God. I believe in God. Well, to just believe in God and to know that God is there is not faith in itself. I'm a basketball coach by trade, right? So anybody on the Golden State Warriors believes in LeBron James. But they don't, they are not on his team. Right, right, right. 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 And so for somebody to say that I believe in God, but they're not in the family of God, to, in my mind, is, right, is, like, it, it, it doesn't matter. Now, now, here's what I want to ask you then, is this. Is, is, is it possible that you're sitting here and you're thinking, when I said I have faith, I thought I was headed to heaven because I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that He died for our sins. I believe these things to be true, and therefore I think if I believe these things to be true, I'm headed to heaven. And He's saying, no. Faith is to be in a relationship with God through His Son. And if you're in a relationship, then you are alive spiritually, and there's going to be some evidence that that life is really there. Because you're in a relationship, it's not just acknowledging that something is true. So he's saying the faith that is only acknowledging something is true is dead. It doesn't have any life to it. But faith that is in a relationship where you're trusting and clinging to and relying on and having love relationship, that's the one that makes the difference. So, so he says, you foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith... And his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by his actions. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. So, so what's that all about? So as we're going through this week, and I get to go into the story of Abraham, unpacking that a little bit. Abraham was like, was God's guy, right? It, God said, I'm going to bless you with descendants that number the earth. If you look up into the sky and you see the stars, that's how many descendants you will have. Well, at that time, God promised that to Abraham. Abraham was 75 years old. Didn't have any descendants yet, nor, and his wife was barren. So it's, but Abraham believed him. Yeah. So yeah. He, he had a lot of faith. He was 75 and no kids yet, with, and his wife was barren. So, but then 25 years later is when God came through on that, that covenant and blessed Abraham and Sarah with a son, Isaac. Yeah. And 25 years later after a promise, how many of you guys have waited 25 years for a promise? Right, right, right. I mean, I don't think I would have. Um, and so he, his faith was even just shown in that, right? And, and so after he gets his, his son, Isaac, is born... Years later, God then asks him to build an altar to sacrifice Isaac back to God. So after God has given him and fulfilled his promise, he then tells Abraham, Hey, I'm gonna, what I've given you, I'm asking back for. And Abraham starts to take that into motion, yeah. that action into motion. Like he believed God well enough. He reasoned in his mind 
that, hey, if my son dies, God can bring him back to life because he promised me descendants. And so, like, his faith, I mean, we're not talking about, like, just something little. Like, his faith is huge. God promised me this, a son and descendants, and, he, and, and Abraham is just, he's going with God's plan. Yeah, yeah. And now, what's, for all of you who are a little freaked out by that, if you've never heard this, the Bible says God never had it in mind at all that Abraham would actually sacrifice his son. But he wanted to just see, Abraham, do you, are you trusting in me? Or are you trusting in the things around you? You know what I'm saying? Are you trusting in this son that was born to you? Or are you trusting in me to make it happen? And so, so he, he really was living it out, man. So he right. was showing that level of faith. It, it goes on and says, I, th- I think in verse 24, he says, You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. So what's he saying? And that's it. I mean, look, if God had said, Abraham, now I've given you what, you know, the, this promise and... But I'm asking you to do this next. If Abraham didn't believe God and take action on what God was asking him to do, his faith would not be lining up with his deeds. Yeah. And it just makes me think how, how many times I may come across what God is, is prompting me into yeah. or, or putting on my heart and I don't follow through with it. Yeah. So is my, faith, is my faith really alive? Is it showing yeah. evidence of, of what I'm believing? Yeah. Now, now I, want you, I want to think about this, and this is huge with the past couple of weeks you've been through. With, with Colin having been through the past couple of weeks that he's been through, where it happened in the church in four out of six Sundays, and you know what I'm saying, and missed a C group or two in there, and it's like, whoa. I, right? And you're going like, is, he, is his faith alive or is he dead? You know what I'm saying? But when he says dead, you, you understand he says what good is it? What good is it? It's dead. It's useless. It's dead. He's ultimately going to say in verse 26, he's just, it's dead. It's no good. It's useless. It's worthless. If you have faith, but you don't have any action that matches that faith. If it, if there's no signs of life, there's no life. It's dead. Well, how about Colin? Is, is he dead? Because you look at Abraham, what Abraham was able to do. Abraham was able to almost sacrifice his son and you can't get out of bed and come to church. Yes, I... Right? Well, at least it's only me, not they've never done that. That's good. All the, guys, all the people that are laughing, man, that's great. Uh, um, but, well, so yeah, maybe not fair to compare me to Abraham. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Is there somebody else who could? <laughs> What's beautiful is that God inspired James to use Abraham, this phenomenal example. And then he goes and he says in verse 25, was not even Rahab the prostitute? Considered righteous for what she did when she offered lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. You see, if you don't know that story, she was a part of a very wicked nation. So wicked, the wickedness of that nation was so great that God was just going to have to eliminate it. And, the, and God's people were there to come in and take the place over and turn it into something good. And, and as they were doing that, um, Rahab's a prostitute in that city... And she's meeting some of the spies who have gone to spy out the city. But she realized that God is who God says God is. And she said, I, I want to be on God's side. And so she actually hid those spies instead of turning them over to the bad people. And she actually helped send them off safely and sent the people looking uh, in a different direction from them. And so she just did this amazing thing. But, but here's the thing is that the evidence of her faith was nothing compared to the evidence of Abraham's faith, right? 
She wasn't offering a son on the... She was kind of saving her own neck. The evidence of her faith was to say, I'm going to put these spies up. I'm going to trust that they're going to get me out of here. You know what I'm saying? And so, so you know, for, some, for somebody who's just entering a relationship with God and they're just coming to spiritual life, the evidence of your faith is not how much you do to prove you're alive. Jesus said it's like being born again. If I come into a relationship with God, now I've begun to live spiritually. And he said it's like being born again. It's like being brand new. Babies, the evidence of their life is what? The evidence a baby is alive is not that they, you know, do a dissertation. It's not that they run marathons. It's not that they, you know what they do? They spit up and cry. So, you know, they dirty diapers and cry. And, and I'm going like... Dude, you've been dirty in diapers and crying like for like, I can't come to church because my children are sick. You know, but so, so it's like, no, I'm messing with no, you. No, no, Ray, Ray was laughing hard at that. I appreciate that, Ray. No, but, but you get the picture is it's like, it's like, it's not God saying how much work on top of my faith is enough. It's no, have you got faith? Because if you've got faith, it's going to be evidence. And sometimes that evidence is going to be that you're crying in the midst, honestly, of your dirty diapers. Sometimes it's going to be that I'm stepping out in some miraculous ways, right? Sometimes it's going to be just trusting God that if I'll do what he says, he'll save my neck. It's just this beautiful picture he's saying, have you got a living faith? Because if you do, you'll know it. Because it'll be evidenced in your action. But if there's no evidence of life, you're dead. And so he says in verse 26, just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works or without deeds is dead. So he's saying, here's the thing, guys. Listen, look into your own life and just ask yourself the question. Is there evidence that I am trusting and clinging to and relying on Jesus? And I, am I in a love relationship with him? And is it, it might be that I'm, I'm clinging to him and crying like a baby who needs to be fed. And it might be that I'm standing before an altar ready to lay down some things nobody ever thought I could lay down. But is there evidence that I'm in a relationship with him? Because if there's not any action, then my faith is dead. And so I told my friend that I was with, I said, I love you. I love you. I care about you. I said, but you need to understand this truth that if you claim to have faith, but there's no, that is in no way changing your behavior. Think about this. If you have life in you, it's going to move you to action. If I'm physically alive, my chest is going to rise and fall. If I'm physically alive, there's going to be a pulse. If I'm physically alive, I can fog a mirror, right? But how many people are saying, I'm spiritually alive, but you couldn't fog a mirror? You say you're spiritually alive, there's not even a pulse. You say you're spiritually alive, your chest isn't even rising and falling. You are spiritually not doing anything that evidences a relationship with God in your life that you're trusting and clinging to and relying on Him. You are spiritually dead. And the scary thing is, is that Jesus said there are a whole lot of people who are spiritually dead that think they're alive. And so it's time to do what I would do when I'm doing CPR with somebody. It's like, check for signs of life on your own faith. Is my faith living? Is there any evidence in my actions that show that I'm truly trusting and clinging to and relying on Him? Because if there's not, it's dead. 
Now, my friend that I was having this discussion with, their whole issue was, is, well, you know, I believe that if you're ever alive, you'll always be alive. You know, and like if you're ever saved, you'll always be saved. And we, they kind of got into this thing that could, took us on a, on a rabbit trail. And, and what really what I came back to was to say this. It's, it doesn't matter what you believe about that. Here's the truth. Some people would believe if you've ever come to life spiritually, you'll be alive spiritually forever. Some people might believe you could come to life spiritually and you could let your faith die. You could reject Jesus and you could go into a place where your faith dies. It doesn't matter which of those you believe. Here's all I can promise you. If there's no sign of life in you, if there are no actions, you are dead. Does everybody get that? You're dead. Now, you might have been alive and died, or you might never have been alive, but you are spiritually dead if there are no actions. We want you to even memorize that verse this week. It's James chapter 2, verse 26. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds or actions is dead. You know why we want you to have that memorized? It's because you need to be looking at your, examining your life and just saying, is there evidence that I'm really living in a relationship with God? So here's the invitation now. The invitation is this. For everybody sitting here, we want to invite you to your own spiritual triage. You know, triage is when they check you and see how, how you're doing, you know. We want you to just really be looking at yourself right now because somebody here has been claiming to have faith, but your faith is like that of the demons. I've acknowledged his existence, but I have not surrendered my life to him. There's no evidence that I'm in a love relationship with him. And if that's you, today's the day to let him come into your heart and your life and raise you up to life in Christ. And he said, if I do that, then when your body's gone, don't worry about it because you are spiritually alive forever. I want to I wanna bring you into a love relationship. I want to bring you to life. So somebody here needs to come to the altar today and just fall down and say, God, I, I need to be alive. I'm not right now spiritually alive i want to be spiritually alive and then how about other people like yourself like me you know what i'm saying like like for the person who has been alive or is alive spiritually what, what about them i mean it's 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 about our relationship with him and the the closer we are connected to him the more that he's going to move through us like it's just if you think about it anybody that you're close to whether it's a friend or a husband or a wife they start to rub off on you. And the more that we are connected to our God, the more he moves through us. And so um, my call to myself of, of being absent for weeks on end would be get reconnected. Yeah. Get reconnected. Lay it down. You know, like there's, there's, there's times where I just I have to, you know, confess and submit and just let God take back over me. But I think, it's, I think it's definitely a matter of just of trying, to, trying to reconnect to him. Yeah, I love that. And so the, the question that we ask is, what am I going to start, stop, or continue doing? And, and I want to tell you this. I'm joking. I've been joking with Colin through this process. But I've, I've walked with my brother for years. And the beautiful thing is, is tough times, sick children, all the stuff that goes on in our life and the stuff that we, we deal with, there's always been this beautiful evidence there's always been this thing that the life has always moved him to action. Whatever that action is, it's always moving him to actually respond. And, and so on some weeks, it might be, man, I really need to repent and turn back to something I've been doing in the past. Or I need to change something that I'm doing wrong. Or I need to stop doing something. But here's your chance right now to do that. 
So I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask as the praise team comes out. This altar area is open. Over on the sides, there'll be people at those crosses in those places. If you want somebody to pray with personally, they'll be there to meet you and to pray with you. But the altar is open for all of us. I am personally going to this altar just saying, God, I want, I want you to move in me in such a way that I see that living faith and that I see the evidence that I, I want you to move me in a way that moves me to action. We invite you to come. If this is your day to step out of a faith that is dead into a real living faith and you're ready to say, I'm ready to have a relationship with God and not just acknowledge that He exists, this altar is for you even as others are coming. So we invite you to come. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Christ United. If you'd like to respond to today's message or if you want to share how God is using this ministry in your life, please send us an email to media at christislove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at Christ United MB. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you.